welcome to the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh. We're brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, that's SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Today's guest, Ian Epstein, co-founder of ProSwap. A uh, very unique online marketplace where you can sell your betting ticket for the game or the uh, prop bet before it's over. Make sure you go to their website, PropSwap.com, and download the app on all Android and iPhone devices. Ian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Alan. So, first question. You guys obviously have a very unique company that you got going on here. What was the initial thought? Uh, into bringing PropSwap into the yeah, yeah. So let me make that clear. It's it's uh, PropSwap, uh, and uh, it's uh, my last name's Epstein, like uh, like Theo, um, gotcha. the uh, the general manager. Um, it it started. Uh, so I, I moved to Vegas in 2012 uh, to work for a company called Cantor Gaming. Uh, they're called CG Technology now. Uh, I was an odds maker uh, for them. Uh, and so I, I got, I had a few years, uh, in the sports betting business under my belt. Uh, it was something obviously I wanted to do from, uh, from an early age. Uh, and then in 2013, uh, I got a call from a buddy of mine who I, I met in college. We both went to the university of Arizona, uh, and he was living in San Francisco at the time. He had come down to Vegas, uh, over Labor Day weekend and he met a bet on the saints to win the Super Bowl at 50 to one odds they were. Uh, fast forward to October, uh, and the Saints had won seven games in a row, uh, and their odds had gone from 50 to one to 15 to one. And so he called me up because he knew I was the sports betting guy living in Vegas, and he said, "Hey, you know, I've I made this bet. Uh, it's obviously increased in value. Uh, is there anywhere I, where I can sell this thing?" And I said, "No, there's not. And uh, I really have no idea why there's not." Uh, and so he's like, "Well, you know, if this thing wins, and I send you the ticket." can you cash it for me? I was like, yeah, there's nothing that stopped me. He's like, all right, well then these things should be transferable. Uh, and so that kind of set us down the path of figuring out if this was something that would be uh, viable. So that year that the saints, uh, what well, that 2013 season, they did not win the super bowl that year. Correct. So, uh, that was, you know, just one of many examples of, of things that look good, but then don't end up winning. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So, how does somebody get started with this? What, like, it, take me through the steps, right? Like, let's say I'm going on to PropSwap.com today, and I got a ticket here for, I don't know, let's just say the Carolina Panthers to win the Super Bowl. How do mm -hmm. I get started in terms of getting that on the marketplace? Right. So, you know, it, the point is bets don't need to win in order to make money. They just need to improve. I mean, heck, you don't even have to sell a bet for a profit. The point of PropSwap is that you are no longer – tied to your bet you make it and for whatever reason you, you want to get off of it um that we, we're providing liquidity uh for your sports bets by connecting you with someone else who, who will buy that from you um so the process is fairly simple uh you just need to have a, a ticket from a legal sports book which you know these days is uh we're up to like close to 15 states oh, have I legal sports it. betting i love it yeah. Um, and so, you know, whether it's a New Jersey ticket or a Pennsylvania ticket or obviously Vegas, you can be anywhere to sell your ticket as long as it was originally placed at the casino. The reason is that because every ticket on the back of it has instructions on where you can mail it. So you don't actually have, have to go in person to cash it. You, you know, think about it. Millions of visitors 
come to Vegas every year, make sports bets, go home with them. Obviously, Vegas you know knows how to process millions of, of different winning tickets every year because people don't want to come back just to cash them. So you list your ticket for sale by uh, submitting a photo. We keep that for our internal purposes. You give us the ticket details like the team and how much it wins, uh, that sort of stuff. You put down your credit card. That's We keep that as a, as a measure of like collateral. Uh, and so then it goes up for sale. Uh, at a price you determine, we will help you set that price, uh, which I know a lot of people, uh, they have questions about. We have a, a handy market value calculator uh, on our website. If you go to propswap.com slash market, uh, you can basically uh, put in what your ticket collects, what the current odds are, and we'll tell you what the fair market value of that ticket is. See, that's very uh, Oh no! I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that was very interesting. With you know how the tickets actually work, of you know where you could send it into. When I when I was doing the research for this interview, I was wondering. I was like, is this a Craigslist sort of thing where you know we're meeting in person to swap a coffee <laughs> table or something like that? But no, I mean you know obviously uh, you know having everything here in the digital age that makes things so much easier for both parties. Yeah, and 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 we and we provide a service, right? So when you list your ticket for sale, goes up, someone buys it. The buyer gives us the money, and then we tell the seller, "You have seven days to send us the ticket." Right? So, ticket comes to us. You know, if it's a if it's a ticket that was originally from Vegas, it goes to our Vegas office. It was if it was from Jersey, it goes to our New Jersey office. Uh, and then once we get the ticket, we then verify it with the issuing sports book. So before we release the, the buyer's money, we make sure the ticket arrives and it's real before before we pay the seller. So that way, you know, buy, it's not a Craigslist thing or even an eBay thing where buyers say, I didn't, you know, I didn't get what I was promised, what I, what I thought I was getting, it never showed up, that sort of thing. So the service that we charge a commission for, um, you know, we, we make sure that we pride ourselves in making sure that the tickets uh, come in and they're valid. So, you know, if you buy something, you are getting what you buy. And if the seller does back out, I mean, first of all, they are permanently banned from every props up again, but we still have the buyer's money to refund them, and so they're made whole. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, you did mention, you know, the the difference there between Vegas and Jersey. Now, I'm located here in Jersey, so absolutely been loving life over the last year. Or so, you know, not like I couldn't go down to the uh, the Hoboken Deli and place the bet with Uncle Sal or anything like sure. that. Sure, but uh, are you guys seeing? You know, more of your business coming from Vegas or how's things going with the business from Jersey there? Yeah, I mean, it, the East Coast is definitely growing. Um, we're in Vegas for about three years prior to the legalization of sports betting. Uh, so we obviously, we, we have a lot of our roots uh, based in Vegas. Uh, but the East Coast is uh, is definitely growing. The Philadelphia market is huge for us. Yeah, uh, we expect um, New York to be huge, uh, Chicago when, when they come online. Um, so it, it's really growing. And the other, But the other cool thing, though, about this this national growth of sports betting is the regional biases you'll see yes. in odds, right? So the odds on the Giants are going to be different in New Jersey than they are in Vegas, and the odds on the Rams are going to be different in Vegas than they are in New Jersey. Uh, and so we're kind of bridging that gap uh, and creating this this nationwide marketplace that's giving people access to odds they don't have. I mean, even though there's legal sports betting in Vegas and New Jersey, people still come to our site to buy. Because they can find better odds than what's available at their sports book. Yeah, I, I just saw something a couple of days ago. I think I want to say you know twelve or fifteen percent of all the money uh, that Pennsylvania has made so far 
with uh, with all their legalized gambling has been Eagles Super Bowl winning tickets. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously, I want I was wondering if you know a lot of people hit you guys up in the first half of that uh, Week One NFL game. We're like, all right, I don't know, maybe maybe we're out here. Yeah, no, I mean, we we definitely the the, the cool thing about PropSwap is that it allows people to you know kind of react and and whether or not you want to take advantage of that. I mean, people will hit the panic button. With uh, with teams after you know only a couple games and and if you're a buyer you can scoop up great value because other people are panicking. Uh, on the flip side, you know it allows sellers to capitalize on people's excitement when things look good. So I'll give you an example. Back in July, a customer bet thirty bucks on Lamar Jackson to win the MVP at two hundred to one odds Jeez. to win the MVP. Right? No one thought anything of it. Uh, he has one good game. This wasn't even after the game. This was during the week one game. This was at halftime against the Dolphins. That $30 ticket sold for $280 wow. on PropSwap, wow. right? So you're talking about an 8x return on your on your investment in one half of football. Meanwhile, the buyer who spent 280 he got 22 to 1 odds on that ticket by spending 280 to possibly win 6300 or whatever, 6400 uh, when the dust settled on Monday, Lamar Jackson is now 10 to 1, maybe 15 to 1 in some spots. So the buyer still got better odds than what's available at the sports book. So it's this, it's this win-win situation that you have here. Interesting. So I, uh, you know, to take this to a personal level, I, at the beginning of the season, uh, actually, hell, uh, a month before the season started, I actually put $10, I know, because I got crazy, put $10 on the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA title this year. So, you know, obviously look great during, you know, the regular season and everything like that. But I ended up cashing out after game four of the Eastern Conference Finals. What do you think a $10 ticket like that for the Milwaukee Bucks to win the NBA title would have done on PropSwap? Uh, it all depends. I mean, if you were selling, you know, when they were up two zero, I believe, right? I yep. mean, they were probably three to one. Oh, breaking um, my to heart. Win, breaking my heart. Ian. To win the uh, championship, so it's it's a pretty easy formula to to figure out how much a ticket's worth. Uh, people think it's this complicated algorithm. Really, you look at the collect amount, not the win amount, but the collect amount of a ticket. So that's your bet amount plus the win amount, and then you divide that sum by the current odds plus the number one, um, because you. You forget. You have to remember that the buyer, when they make a bet and it wins, they get their initial money back. So sure. let's say, for example, your ticket collected a thousand dollars, and the Bucks odds were three to one. That would be a value of two hundred fifty dollars, right? Because that's how much someone would need to spend two hundred fifty dollars at three to one odds to collect a thousand dollars. Because they would win seven fifty, but then they would also get their two fifty back. Uh, and again, this is all things you can you can find out on the uh, PropSwap market value calculator if you go to PropSwap.com slash market. Nice, nice. The way I look at this, right, the general idea of swapping tickets, it, it seems complicated, right, for somebody that's never done this before. And again, it seems like a lot of experienced bettors, uh, you know, take advantage of this. Number one, is that true? And if so... How do, how do you get a recreational better to, you know, to become, you know, more interested in your site? Totally. Yeah. I mean, education uh, is a big part of what we do. Um, I mean, if you're making the, f- the first sports bet of your life today, we're probably a little too advanced for you, right? Like, I mean, you, you kind of have to understand how sports betting works first before you, ca- before you take it to the secondary market. That being said, as a buyer, buying tickets is essentially the same thing as, as, as making a bet. I mean, you, you see the team, you see the odds. 
you see the price, you're like, all right, yeah, I'll buy that. Um, but in terms of selling, yeah, I mean, we, we work really hard to educate people um, on the benefits of selling, you know, taking the, the guaranteed money, ROI, th- those sorts of things. You know, a lot of recreational bettors, they look at their bets as like lottery tickets, right? You know, bet a little to win a lot, and and they don't want to they don't want a penny less than what that ticket could win. Um, but you know, as we talked about with that Saints ticket, I mean, every every sport, every season, there are certain teams that came from nowhere to get close, but then they fall short. the The classic example uh, was a couple years ago, the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Their their first season, they were five hundred to one to win the Stanley Cup before the season. Uh, being the Vegas hometown team, we saw a ton of you know small little bets that added up to tens of thousands of dollars. And they got all the way to the Stanley Cup. Heck, they even won the first game uh, and they ended up losing, right? And so we had a lot of conversations with people who said, no, like this is the team of destiny. There's no way they can lose. You know, some guy bet, you know, $10 to win $10,000 and he could have sold it for $5,000 before the Stanley Cup. And he literally told us, I would be losing $5,000 by selling this, right? That's how people think. Uh, and so it's a battle to to get people to recognize uh, the you know it's it's investing right take the you know investors say just take the guaranteed money and move on to the next one. This is also why we always suggest to our customers make multiple bets. We call it go for two. Make two tickets instead of one. That way you can sell one for a profit and then keep one to leave yourself upside if it wins. That way you don't feel like you're making this choice. You still have that second ticket to kind of show to your friends and, and, and show up to yourself saying, hey, I, I made that right pick if it wins. So I know that you already mentioned, uh, you know, customers can kind of, I, I guess, get banned basically from the site if they're doing too much, uh, too many shenanigans here on the site. Do you, do you see a lot of that where people are throwing Hail Mary tickets up? And I guess if they do, is that creating a lot of extra work on your guys' part? Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, you, you don't get... You only get one strike. So if, if you if you oh. list a ticket for sale and it, and you don't and it sells and you back out, we're 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 done with you. So, uh, but this is why we created a a seller rating system, one, two, or three stars, uh, and we're definitely going to expand on this in the future. But this is you know no different than eBay, right? As a buyer, you want to know what is the trustworthiness of the seller. Uh, and so if you're a one star, that means it's your first time selling. It doesn't mean you have bad sales because, like I said, if you have a bad sale, you're out. One star means it's your first ticket ever. Two stars means you've sold more than one, but less than 10. And three stars means you've sold 10 or more paper tickets uh, and you've come through every time. And and so, you know, a lot of question we get a lot is, um, you know, can I buy something during the game, right? Like, you know, if, if is the guy going to send it in if I buy it and it wins? And, and then I would point them to that seller rating system because our three star sellers, it's worth it more to them to stay in our good graces than it is to screw us over for one ticket, right? And so if you if you log on a prop swap and you see a you know a Bears Packers ticket and it's and you want to buy it and it's literally just for that game and it's the second half and you buy it, that is almost as good as gold because like I said, that those three star sellers uh, they make so much money as a side hustle using prop swap that they're more than happy to pay it out. Uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, no, we, we don't deal with that many shenanigans um, because these people you know they they want to stay on the platform. All right. So I think you mentioned it earlier too. You only do tickets from casinos, correct? Correct. It, it needs to be from a legal U.S. licensed casino. Uh, we don't deal with like offshore sports books like Bovada and Five Dimes. Um, for a couple of reasons, but you know, one of which is that you know, if a ticket gets written at Caesar's Palace and it wins, we know by law they have to pay that. 
right? If a ticket goes written on Bovada and for whatever reason they don't want to pay it, there's really no recourse that we or the buyer has. All right. So the I guess the secondary question I had off of that was, can people do from like a, a FanDuel sportsbook online or DraftKings online, or does it have to be from the actual physical casino? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, if you're a new user, uh, we start you out with on just the paper tickets. Okay. Uh, but then when you get to the three-star status, we do allow you to sell bets made from the FanDuel or DraftKings app. Because, uh, again, we've built up that that trust with you. And so if you sell a mobile ticket and it wins, uh, then you just pay us the collect and then we pay the buyer. But you need to but you need to rack up your sales to get to that level though. Gotcha. All right. So I gotta start making the short trip out to East Rutherford if I'm gonna be a good seller. Yeah, here and look, it can, gotcha. it can be it can be small little tickets too. You don't need to sell big tickets to get that level. Just a couple successful sales uh, to get to the three star status. It's just it's just so easy on the mobile app, you know. Or the I, computer, I get it. Right? And look, and look, <laughs> and, and I you know, and what we are today is not what we will be tomorrow, right? right? What we were yesterday is not what we are today. We're we're ever growing and evolving, um, and partnerships with sports books uh, is definitely in our in our goals. No, I definitely agree too. And you know what? You guys got to cover your own asses here too. And you know, it, it definitely makes sense. So I know uh, Luke, who is not with us today, uh, I know he's got more of the financial background here. So I was listening to a previous interview that you guys did. Uh, you know, where he really talks about his financial background and uh, you know uh, percentile increases and value to betters for future bets. Um, I know he's not here to talk about it, but can you kind of, uh, you know, elaborate on what he was talking about in one of those last interviews about where uh, betters can really find some value in doing some of these futures? Yeah, no, I mean, um, it's he, he has a finance background and he's trying to kind of bring that finance mentality to these sports betters. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, people look at investing very differently than look at sports betting, um, at least in America. I think Americans are very risk seeking uh, when it comes to sports betting, and they're very risk averse when it comes to investing, and so it's been a it's been a struggle. But you know, we're we're making definitely headways by just trying to you know, like I said, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, like putting an ROI on it, right? Return on investment. A four hundred one k makes five percent in a year, right? We're talking about making three, four, five, six hundred percent return in weeks. So, but for but for whatever reason, Americans, you know, they, they struggle with that, and you know, they make a bet and. They say to themselves, you know, what, I made because I thought it was going to win, and I'm I'm not selling it for anything less. And so, what we try to do is is get people more in that mindset of investing. You, you didn't don't make the bet to hold out for the entire time. You make the bet because you, you like you thought there was value, and you thought it was going to improve. So, you know, what we're hoping is that with props up in mind, people will make bets that maybe they would normally have made. They look at the board and say, you know what, uh, that that two hundred to one Lamar Jackson, I don't think he's going to win the MVP, but I think that's a that's a bad price, and I think that's going to improve. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make that bet, and then I'm going to prepare myself to exit early on in the season. Uh, and so once once you start having that mentality, it kind of changes the way you, you you bet on sports. Yeah, I love the uh, the one story that you guys are telling about the Maloof brothers being in the uh, being in that training session with Floyd Mayweather. I was like, oh, my God, to be a fly on the wall right there and to see this guy, you know, see him in like 15 years younger than he was his actual prime. I mean, Jesus, that's that that's that's the golden stuff right there. <laughs> um, so I want to ask, like, you know, what was week one of the NFL season like uh, over at the offices over there? I mean, you know, I was out here in Jersey watching the games with uh, all these fine New Jersey folks out here and it was just absolutely wild. So what was it like uh, for you guys? 
Yeah, uh, I, I spent uh, week one at the Westgate, uh, Las nice. Vegas. Uh, they call it the Superbook uh, for a reason. It's massive, t- TVs <laughs> everywhere, yep. guys cheering. You know, I, I've been in Vegas now. This is my seventh football season in Vegas, and there's a palpable, um, you know, buzz for week one uh, compared to the other weeks. I think you know people are just so excited. They've been waiting months for this day, uh, and so uh, week one was was a lot of fun. You know, uh, as I mentioned, prop swap. We, we make sense when there's change in the market, right? When odds change, whether good or bad, that's where we see movement. So uh, when, you, when you talk about week one, you know, and you look at who were the teams that are really impressed, I think you talk about the Ravens. And so that's kind of where we saw um, the most the most activity in terms of MVP uh, and, and futures. You know, also, uh, you know, notwithstanding the last couple days of news, but the Patriots were another team between the Antonio Brown signing and then the demolishing of the Steelers. Tom Brady's MVP odds after those two events went from twenty-five to one to seven to one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are ty- those are the types of things we we were tracking uh, and following. Um, but yeah, I mean, each the, the NFL and college football uh, they're so reactionary, right? And yeah. one one bad game or one good game really kind of swings the odds. And so um, if you're an experienced seller on PropSwap, I mean, you can there's some real money made by taking advantage uh, of those swings. Now you you know you talked about oh, I mean obviously the Lamar Jackson thing and, and Baltimore in general was there one bet in particular aside from Baltimore that kind of was scratching your head saying like really this guy's selling this or really this this guy's buying this um, we had a couple cool tickets uh, hit the marketplace uh, that are really up for sale right now uh, I'm I'm always intrigued um, when I see what are some like the original odds. Some of these guys got, uh, and so uh, I actually I tweeted this earlier today. Uh, if you go to uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at PropSwap. Uh, a guy uh, got 125 to one odds on T.J. Hawkinson to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, tight end uh, for the Lions. Um, in Week One against the Cardinals, he had six catches for 131 yards and one touchdown. Uh, and so his odds now are down to like 15 to one, and this guy got 125 to one. Uh, and he bet 500 bucks on it too. So the thing collects 63 grand uh, if he wins the uh, the rookie of the year. Um, so th- that, th- those were some interesting things that uh, that, that popped up. Um, Heisman too. Um, if you want to touch on college football, uh, Joe Burrow um, is kind of the, the talk of the Heisman race, and it's kind of one of those things where is he for real or is he gonna disappear? Because um, another ticket we saw. Uh, someone got Burrow at seventy-five to one before the season, and now he's down to like four to one. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things where uh, you can you can make some serious cash by you know by by selling right now. And look, yeah, if he wins, you're leaving a little money on the table. But the other beauty of props, while you know one of the biggest knocks that people hear of that people say on futures is I don't want my money tied up all season, right? I don't want my money tied up till right. January. But by selling, but if you sell right now, you're two weeks into the season. You're, you you free your money up now. You can use that cash to make more bets, and make more money. Uh, and so the yeah, the beauty of prop swap is that your money isn't tied up. I absolutely love that aspect of it. What you just said right there. You you can sell these right now and start making some more bets. I tell you what, as as a huge Brooklyn Nets fan myself, if we get word that Kevin Durant is uh, coming back a little sooner than usual, yeah, you might you might see some business from my end coming there. Uh, yeah. All right, so when when you look at this business of prop swap, right? It's it, business is booming, you know. Not to quote Antonio Brown, who we were just talking about, but what challenges do you guys see? Whether it's now, down the road, um, what do you feel is going to be the the biggest hurdle for you guys? 
Yeah, no, uh, I think I touched on it a little bit. Uh, I think education um, is something that uh, that that we're gonna have to do. I mean, again, it's you have to know sports betting, and then and then we add a second layer to that. Uh, and we're we're trying to get people in the mindset of don't think of it like a gamble, think of it like an investment. Uh, and uh, you know, we're going up against decades of sports betting, you know, experience to kind of change people's behaviors. Uh, and uh, if you look at anything. Changing people's behaviors is uh, is not easy. I mean, uh, there's the story about how uh, ATMs took decades to be adapted. P- there was ATMs at banks, and people still went inside, stood in line to get their money when there was this machine that would spit it out for them. But they just were they just what? were comfortable and, and used to it. It's it, it's it's well documented. I mean, there were, it took about like 20, 30 years for, for ATMs to like really take in. Uh, you know, same thing with you know online shopping. So. Um, you know, changing people's behaviors is uh, is something that uh, we're going to have to work. You know, we we work hard on today, and, and I think we'll uh, we'll continue uh, that. And I think partnering with with casinos. Um, you know, casinos, at least in Vegas, are are very slow to adapt. Um, they had a monopoly for a long, very long time. They had you know, and monopolies basically forced you to not have to change. Right, business was growing, and they weren't doing anything innovative. And so, what was wrong? Uh, but now, I think with uh, the legalization of sports betting. They're going to have to start looking around and saying, look, we need a differentiator, right? We need something that's going to differentiate our casino or our state compared to our neighbors. So uh, um, yeah. I was going to say, just to piggyback off what you just said there, do you guys ever see yourselves partnering up with maybe a FanDuel, DraftKings online, not necessarily the physical sports book? 100%. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a benefit to the book what we're doing. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a competitor. People make more bets where they know they can sell them, right? I, I, I liken it to buying season tickets, right? Yeah. If you had to buy 41 home games and they said, hey, you have to go to every game and if you can't go to the game, you gotta throw the ticket away, you would say, no way am I buying these games. But if they say, yeah, you buy 41 home games and if you can't make any games, there's this secondary market you can sell them to someone else, like, all right, now I'll buy, now I'll, I'll plop down this money up front. Man. So, it's no different. It's no different with uh, with sports bets. So uh, you know, you look at the board and you say, I don't think this bet may win, but I think it's going to improve. And now I'm going to make it because I know I've got this secondary market called Prop Swap. That is great. That honestly, like, I don't want to call myself the facilitator of uh, you know the digital age here, but yeah, that just seems like a partnership waiting to happen yesterday. You know, so I cannot wait to see that happen. So uh, we're coming up on the end of our time here, but one thing we always ask, folks, we always ask, we always ask about the bankroll management tips. So I know you guys are kind of in a in a different space than you know most of the handicappers that we talk to, bookmakers and whatnot. But um, what what would you say to people out there? I guess trying to uh, you know make sports betting more than just a hobby. You know how do you how do you take that bankroll and take it to the next level? Yeah, I mean, look, before I started PropSwap, I was I was an odds maker, so um, I, I definitely I've I've experience on on both sides of the counter. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple couple different things. Uh, one is is a unit size, right? And and never straying away from that unit size or or percentage of your bankroll. Um, you know, not chasing. Um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, looking at the thing from a macro level, you know, looking at it from the entire season, not on a, on a daily or, or weekly basis. And so just because you're, you're three and oh that day and you like the Sunday night game doesn't mean you should bet any more or less than you would if you were oh and three that, you know, that's, that's, that's Sunday night game. So I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it takes some self-control, uh, which is, I know difficult to do. Um, but I mean, each game 
is its own individual event, and that the Sunday night game is not tied to the results of the of the the afternoon games. Uh, and so, uh, if you do that, uh, you know, I always I, I try and say stay away from parlays as well. Um, you know, if you like three games, just bet those three games and try and go two and one. Uh, you don't want to have to go three and zero oh, uh, to make money that day. So, um, look, the best sports bettors in the world lose forty five percent of the time. So. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, it's a tough grind. And, and if you can grind out, you know, 55, 56%, you're doing great. All right. Now I know it's very hard to keep away from that Sunday night game when you're hanging out at the, uh, at the super book out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless, unless the, uh, one of the afternoon games goes to overtime and goes right into the Sunday night game. Ah, <laughs> uh, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was not supposed to happen. The Lions were just supposed to win that one out. Right. I was, I was, I was on the Lions minus two and a half as well. I was not, I was not happy. 18-point lead in the fourth quarter, just gone. Yeah, I did money line, so at least you had, you know, some sort of whatever there. But not not cool, not cool. All right, his name, Ian Epstein, co-founder, PropSwap. Make sure you go there, PropSwap.com. You find him on Twitter, at PropSwap. Very easy to go find him out there. A lot of great pictures. By the way, you got a new uh, Twitter follower there. You know, that's me. So, Appreciate it. Give yes, me a follow back. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, make sure you guys all follow him and uh, the rest of everything that PropSwap has going out there. Once again, sportspredictor.com is where you find all the best bets from professional bettors. Get the winning edge by subscribing to Sports Picks packages from those long-term winning bettors. Once again, sportspredictor.com. All right, thank you very much, Ian, for joining us. Uh, we will talk to you in the future. And once again, Make sure you follow all the rest of the podcast on sportspredictor.com.